The purpose for this service is twofold. By quoting from dozens of the world religions, we want to prepare you and your spirit for the day of World Religion Day. And if you do go to the Highland Center, you'll have the spirit of world religion when you go to attend that meeting. There's over 20 world religions being represented at the Highland Center this afternoon, and you will have the spirit of love and compassion and acceptance if you listen to the quotes from the teachers that we're quoting today. If we look at religion as roughly a search for the meaning of life, and a search for comfort with death, then we could well argue that religion began before there were humans on the earth. Because over 300,000 years ago, archaeologists have found evidence that the Neanderthal species buried their dead with tools and animal bones, almost as if in preparation for perhaps when they woke from their sleep, as at that day, their cognitive thoughts probably didn't really grasp the endurance of the death process. So we see religion starting that far ago, even pre-human. The call to worship today is a quote from the book that the Eastern Religion Group is currently studying, The Tao of Abundance, in which the author Lawrence G. Bolt says, Whatever we focus our attention on expands our lives. Every major spiritual tradition in the world employs this fundamental principle of consciousness as an essential part of its path to liberation. So in tune with this religious principle of focusing to expand our mind this moment, this morning, we focus on the common bond of love, which has been within our world's religions from their inception. Now let's move a little further on in history from pre-human days and study religion in pre-society days, pre-language days, pre-literature days. The earliest religions were polytheistic. They had gods and goddesses, and there was very nature-related, and each different group of society seemed to have their own gods. But as settled societies came into existence and farming became a part of the human trait, and we developed into the first states, the archaeologist Marija Gimbutas has noted a matriarchal old Europe set of societies that were dominated by goddess worship. So we had moved over from male and female gods to primarily female gods. And this feminist trend continued through the Bronze Age and included the Minoan civilization with its symbols of matristic power. During this stage, religion was slowly transformed into from the traditional forms of shamanism and ancestor worship to the religious institutions characteristic of state societies today. To represent this shamanist ancestor worship history of world religion, Barbara will quote from the resolution of the fifth annual meetings of the traditional elders circle of 1980. There are many things to be shared with the four colors of humanity in our common destiny as one with our mother, the earth. It is this sharing that we must consider with great care by the elders and the medicine people who carry the sacred trusts 
so that no harm may come to people through ignorance and misuse of these powerful focuses, forces. The chalice lighting quote this morning is from the Eastern Orthodox Church, St. Maximus the Confessor. Just as the thought of fire does not warm the body, so faith without love does not actualize the light of spiritual knowledge in the soul. Now let's look at some pre-founder religion, religion which is so far back that there was we can't find evidence of a specific individual founder of that religion, but which had a very heavy influence on religion from the uh, evolution of it as the days came closer to today. Let's start way over down in um, Africa with the Egyptian. The Egyptians' first god, their numero uno, was named Atum. And I find him very interesting because he seems to be a reflection of evolution itself. He created himself on a mound of dirt from the primordial waters which surrounded him. And then at the end of the season cycles, he would return to the water in the form of a serpent. So deity being both God and serpent might do a real job on Genesis if that was incorporated into the Jewish faith. But this is the primary God that was first worshipped in Egypt. Now, if we go 1,300 years from the founding of the Egyptian religion into the next one, a little bit further east, we come to Judaism. Judaism is the father of patriarchal world religions today. And... We have a quote from the Old Testament of the current Bible, which is uh, reflecting the Jewish perspective as far as how they would come to World Religion Day with a mindset established by their scriptures. So, uh, who has the quote for Judaism? Ham, would you read that quote from Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 through 6? Through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge will have his strength grow, and in the multitude of counselors there is safety. So with that Jewish knowledge that in the multitude of counselors there is safety, let's go to the World Religion Day and be counseled by each of the different religions and learn truths through theirs as well as our religion. Now you notice the Jewish people seem to focus on the individual person. And we know from their history that they're very concerned with their tribe and hold to the teachings of their culture. But now we're going to move further east to really what is claimed to be the oldest religion. Over in in India, the Vedic traditions, which some say date to 5000 B.C., are summarized by a quote by J.C. Chatterjee. But before we... Here the quote, I think it's wise to understand the difference between Eastern and Western religion. And I'll paraphrase something that I found on Wikipedia in the, on the Internet. A blurring of distinctions is consistent with East Asian culture. For it has an understanding of religion and identity that does not require the exclusive identification that one gains from adhering solely 
to one distinct tradition. This is a polar perspective to Western theology, which is based upon the exclusiveness of the monotheism which is typified by Judaism. So when we hear the quotes from Eastern religions, let's keep in mind that they're much more inclusive like the Unity Church and the Unitarian Universalist Church is, and unlike many of the Western-based ones which have a rather exclusive theology. The quote about the Vedas comes from the book The Wisdom of the Vedas by J.C. Chatterjee. The Vedas being the original documents in Sanskrit which are the foundation of almost all the Eastern religions. The Vedas do not set forth any dogma nor insist that we believe anything particular. Rather, they make the individual we ourselves important. This is so because according to the Vedic perspective, truth is something that we must discover for ourselves. So it's amazing that the Vedic literature of 5000 B.C. is very much in tune with the theologies of the Unitarian Universalist and the Unity Church. Let's take a pause in our historical study as we move from pre-founders to founders. Now we come to the time in history where we have founders. We have people we can quote about their religions. The first one is the founder of many of modern religions as well when it comes to their main theology being the battle of good and evil, dualism, the good guys and the bad guys. And this was originated in theology by Zoroaster, and he impelled it into the Zoroastrian religion, which the Jews were exposed to when they were exiled, and when they came back from exile, had a lot of the Messiah message which may have inspired Jesus to take on the theology that he developed. But whether there's any truth or that to that or not, there is a quote from one of the holy scriptures of Zoroaster, the Gotha text, which reads as follows. This I ask you, O Ahura, tell me truly, who by procreation is the primal father of truth? Who created the course of the sun and stars? Through whom does our moon wax and wane? These very things and others I wish to know, O Mazda. So this was ten centuries before Jesus was born, and we see there that at that stage in human development, it was mostly questions. It was mostly battling with the unknown. But after this, most of these quotes are going to have answers as people came out with ideas. 400 years later, in Jainism, there was an idea which came out. Jainism is a very peaceful religion. And... Uh, the original founder is reputed to be Tirthankara. And he said, Every soul is itself absolutely omniscient and blissful. The bliss does not come from the outside. All souls are alike and potentially divine. None is superior or inferior. There is no separate existence of God. Everybody can attain Godhood by making supreme efforts in the right direction. Thus spake Lord Mahavir. So in spite of the open-mindedness, equality which the scriptures state, 
we note that the scriptures are stated by a patriarchal lord. Now, roughly about this same time, my favorite religion came into being, Taoism. Taoism was founded perhaps by an imaginary figure that we know today named Lao Tzu. It's a nature-loving religion. Now, as I start discussing your religion, if you have a quote, come on up to the front, and then we won't have to wait for you to come up. And if you're not there before it's time to read the quote, I'm going to read it. (laughs) Something in tune. That's, That's a hint for George Sewell. Something that's in tune with Taoism in the UU faith is a quote I found by Thomas Jefferson because the Taoists were very humble and emphasized silence. As one of their quotes says, he who knows does not speak, he who speaks does not know. And Thomas Jefferson said this about his religion. Say nothing of my religion, It is known to God and myself alone. Its evidence before the world is sought in my life. If my life has been honest and dutiful to society, the religion which has regulated it cannot be a bad one. And the quote from the Tao Te Ching, chapter 52, says... When you use the rays to return to the light source, you will not bring misfortunes upon yourself. This is called harmonizing with the constant. So when we go to World Religion Day today, let's use the rays shining from each of those individual religions to return to the light source. Right after Taoism came Buddhism, and the traditional founder of Buddhism is Siddhartha Gautama, who lived between 563 B.C. and 483 B.C. He founded Buddhism, some of the branches of which we'll hear about later on. Do you have the quote by Buddha? Would you read it in the microphone? Thank you. Buddha could project pretty good, though. (laughs) Thousands of candles can be lit from a single candle, and the life of the candle will not be shortened. Happiness never decreases by being shared. And Buddha's, Buddhism's goal is happiness, and uh, it can be shared at World Religion Day. And then, much as the Taoist quote says, that source of light can go out to each individual religion and still not lose its length or its power. Shortly after Gautama, Confucius was born in 551 B.C. Confucianism and Taoism are still some of the prevalent religions in China today. Scott, do you have a quote? Zizhang Hang asked Confucius about humanity. The master said, Whoever could spread the five practices everywhere in the world would implement humanity. And what are these, Zizang asked? Courtesy, tolerance, good faith, diligence, and generosity. Courage wards off insults. Tolerance wins all hearts. Good faith inspires the trust of others, diligence ensures success, and generosity confers authority upon others. 
So if we use part of Confucius' idea that tolerance wins all hearts, then perhaps we can build a tolerance for other faiths with events like world religion today. Now we have interesting... When we go over to the Western side at this time in evolution, you might argue whether these were religions or philosophies because the Greeks were that in that thought mind. And one of the religions listed around this time, around 530 B.C., was Pythagorean, was Pythagorism, Pythagoreanism, which you'll probably never hear again. But you do know the founder, Pythagoras, because if you've ever had to take math in high school, you've heard about Pythagoras. They were so math-conscious that they didn't believe in writing anything down so we don't have a quote from that religion. (laughs) Now, just after Pythagoras didn't write anything, over in the East, Mozai founded the Mohism religion, which competed with Confucianism and Taoism for many centuries and was finally eliminated, perhaps because Mozai believed that everyone is equal before heaven. So maybe he was a little ahead of his time, but it's certainly one of the founding principles of World Religion Day. Like the Pythagoreans, Lysippus, around 440 B.C., was a Greek who started a religion called Atomism. And it's still wonderfully alive today in Western science with the idea of the atom. I have a quote about atomism for the atheists and the uh, humanists and the scientists in our congregation today. By Bertrand Russell. I like mathematics, first because it is not human and has nothing particular to do with this planet or with the whole accidental universe. Next, because, like Spinoza's God, it won't love us in return. So even if you're in love with mathematics, don't look for a return. Or financial return, possibly. <laughs> now we get into one of the most famous Greeks. From 427 to 347, Plato, with his idealism, his idea of what they call platonic realism. And one of he, the things he said pertaining to religion is that no evil can happen to a good man, either in life or after death. Now, a couple of generations later, Zeno of Citium created Stoicism, which was sort of a polar idea on Platoism, because the Stoic was very ascetic, and to quote Zeno, he believed... Well, to quote Wikipedia in summarizing this religion, they believe that virtue is to maintain a will that is in accord with nature. So you can see in evolution at this time, the rational thought of Western ideas are coming in, but they still are tied up with the connection of nature and its essential relation to our evolution. Now, Epicurus followed a generation later. He was a pragmatic. And what I liked about his religion is that its primary purpose was to oppose Platoism and Stoicism. So you see that they, they were certainly a debating culture. But I, I loved Epicurus when I was younger because I loved one of his foundational thoughts, everything in moderation. 
Now to move over to the east, the 200 years before Jesus was born, we have Pantangeli, who was the first one to compile together a piece of literature which summarized the idea of yoga within the Eastern thought. And there's a quote about yoga which J.C. Chatterjee, who we quoted earlier, stated, which I thought fit in well with the idea of World Religion Day. This one deals with uh, Raja Yoga, and it says that anything which strengthens the feeling of separation from others, as selfishness does, is the most serious obstacle to the realization of the union sought by yoga. Now, just before Jesus was born, the Dead Sea Scrolls were written. And they have something in common with other religions in the Eastern atmosphere, which I thought would, uh, do, it would do well to share with you today, to show that even though each culture was developing its own religion, the spirit or source of the truth was giving the same message to each culture, because the Dead Sea Scrolls suggest that there were 70 sons of the Most High God who were sent to rule over 70 nations of the earth. Now, this idea of 70 nations of the earth, each ruled over by one of the Elohim, or sons of God, is also found in the Ugaritic texts of 14 to 1200 B.C. over in Syria, and also in the Asian Tash inscription, it suggests that each of the 70 sons of El Elyon were bound by their people by a covenant. So here we see separate nations being uh, developed in consciousness, but each of these nations having a leader so that each of our religions has a founder from here forward is probably reflective of the cultures they were started in. Zero B.C. or 33 A.D. The choice is yours. Jesus is born. The calendar B.C. A.D. revolves around this religion which soon followed the Roman Empire and became two religions, the Roman Catholic to the West and the Eastern Orthodox to the East. We have a quote from each. First, the Roman Catholic Church, who set up as the first pope, Peter. So it's only appropriate that we quote from first Peter. First Peter 3, 8-11. Finally, all of you live, live in harmony with each other. Be sympathetic. Love as siblings. Be compassionate and humble. Do, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with a blessing. Because to this your life were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. So that's a good setup for your mindset when you go to World Religion Day, especially seeking peace and pursuing it and not speaking against any of the religions there that you don't align with. Over in the East, 
the Eastern Orthodox Church formed up. And from one of the mystic books, we have a quote from St. John of Damascus. Every man is said to be in the likeness of God as regards his possession of the principle of virtue as regards his imitation of God through virtuous and godlike actions. Such actions consist in having a deep sympathy for one's fellow man, in mercy, pity, and love toward one's fellow servant, and in showing heartfelt concern and compassion. Now if we jump 500 years, we start to see the religions that are in existence subdivide, although some do originate with new concepts. The first one is Islam. Islam is a branch of Judaism in the same way Christianity is, in that it uses the first son of Abraham as their lineage, and uh, their founder, Muhammad, was heavily influenced by the Jewish writings. This is a quote about Muhammad. The holy prophet Muhammad came into this world and taught us, that man is a Muslim who never hurts anyone by word or deed, but who works for the benefit and happiness of God's creatures. Belief in God is to love one's fellow man. And of course, in the Koran, the Christians and the Jewish people are the brothers of the Muslims, the children of the book. Now, about a hundred years later, Bodhidharma comes to China, and he's a Buddhist who comes to China and creates Zen Buddhism. Zen Buddhism teaches you to unlearn your previous knowledge by studying what they call koans, which help you to gain a broader cosmic sort of knowledge on which to set your new foundation of reality. Koan by Master Sung San. You are the burning fire, I the reflected glow. How could I without you and you without me grow? So if you can keep this koan in your mind as when you're at World Religion Day, you'll sense the same flame of spirit in each religion as you get to their table. Now, just after... Buddhism goes to China, Buddhism comes to Tibet with Tibetan Buddhism, founded by Songstan Gampo. We have two quotes from the Dalai Lamas, the first Dalai Lama from 1391 and the current Dalai Lama. Rob, would you read yours first? All difference in this world are of degree and not of kind, because oneness is the secret of everything. All the different religious faiths, despite their philosophical differences, have a similar objective. Every religion emphasizes human improvement, love, respect of others, and sharing of other people's suffering. 
On these lines, every religion has one, has more or less the same viewpoint and the same goal. Now we move to a branch of the Muslim faith, Sufism. Sufism was founded, at least in literature, by Jalal Ud Rumi. Rumi wrote many poems about the idea of the Sufi path to relation with God here on this earth as you are alive. You are glorified in heaven, O subtle sun. Be glorified now in earth for eternity. May the inhabitants of earth become one in their hearts. Unite their plans and designs with the dwellers in heaven. All separation and polytheism and duality will vanish, for there is only unity in real existence. When my spirit recognizes your spirit fully, then the two of us remember being one before, and we become on earth like Moses and Aaron, Heart brothers united tenderly like honey and milk. So you have a choice when you come to the tables on World Religion Day. You can be the milk or you can be the honey. In 1469, Guru Nanak was born, and he founded the faith of Sikhism, or Sikhism. This foundation of this religion is very peaceful. And a quote from Guru Nanak summarizes it. See the brotherhood of all mankind as the highest order of yogis. Conquer your own mind and conquer the world. So the betterment of mankind is certainly going to be a result of World Religion Day as we develop a more inclusive attitude towards our other religions. Now we see another branching of Christianity when... Luther is born in 1483, who was the founder of Lutherism. I think he is, quote, gives you a good idea on how you should approach each table as you come to it on World Religion Day. First, I shake the whole apple tree that the ripest might fall. Then I climb the tree and shake each limb and then each branch and then each twig. And then I look under each leaf. Now, Wikipedia says that Anglicanism was created to, as an attempt to merge the Catholic and the Protestant faiths. Uh, history might reflect other purposes for Anglicanism founded by... Henry VIII of England, who was born in 1491. But a quote by one of the people who had a big influence in its creation, Richard Hooker, reflects Christianity very perceptively. Everywhere through all generations and ages of the Christian world, no church ever perceived the word of God to be against it. The founder of Spiritism was a Frenchman by the name of Hippolyte Léon de Nizard Rivail, which is probably why he said a Druid from a former generation came into him and told him his name was Alan Kardec. 
Spiritism. Unshakable faith is only that which can face reason in all human epochs. Joseph Smith was born in 1805, and he was given scriptures which he wrote down from the Spirit and formed the Latter-day Saints. This quote from one of their Ten Commandments in their Book of the Law shows that the King James Version of of language did not die in the 17th century. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt not revive him, nor speak evil of him, nor curse him. Thou shalt do no injustice against him, and thou shalt maintain his right against his enemy. Thou shalt not exact rigorously of him, nor turn aside from relieving him. Thou shalt deliver him from the snare and the pit, and shalt return his ark when he astrayeth. Thou shalt comfort him when he mourns, and nurture him when he sickens. Thou shalt not abate the price of what thou buyest of him for his necessity. Nor shall thou exact of him, because he leaneth upon thee. For in so doing, thousands shall rise up and call thee blessed. And the law of thy God shall strengthen thee in all the work of thy hand. My understanding of that verse, if you pull the flowery language out of it, is be a neighbor and share the knowledge of your religion with others without judgment. In 1813, Yam Gong Kong was born and created another branch of Tibetan Buddhism. This Buddhism tried to merge together the conflicts going on at the time and bring a peace and coherence, much like World Religion Day is doing today. I believe this is pronounced Remei movement of Buddhism. How things appear is my being. How things arise is my reality. There is no phenomenon that is not me in the whole universe. In 1817, Baha'u'llah Allah was born and branched away from the Muslim faith to create the Baha'i faith, which currently has over five million adherents, all desiring a united, prosperous, and peaceful future for all humanity. Here is a quote by the founder, Bob. The well-being of mankind its peace and security are unattainable unless and until its unity is firmly established. Theophysy was founded by Madame Blavatsky, who lived from 1831 to 1891. Here is a quote from her key to theosophy. Universal unity and causation, human solidarity, the law of karma, reincarnation, these are the four links of the golden chain which should bind humanity into one family, one universal brotherhood.
At the turn of the century, 1894, America wanted to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Columbus coming to the world, or to the New World. And so they had a world meeting, and within it, the Parliament of Religions gathered together, many different religions from around the world. One of the primary speakers who was most well-received was Swami Vivekananda, who founded the Ramakrishna Order of Monks. He lived from 1863 to 1902. Where can we go to find God if we cannot see him in our own hearts and in every living being? Nine years later, another Eastern guru was born, Sri Aurobindo, who created a religion which was a branch of yoga called Integral Yoga, which is still very active today. Sri Aurobindo lived from 1872 to 1950. That we turn always the few distinct truths and the symbols or the particular discipline of a religion into hard and fast dogmas is a sign that as yet we are only infants in the spiritual knowledge and are yet far from the science of the infinite. I love the humility of that quote and the, how young it makes us seem spiritually. In 1884, Gerald Gardner was born and took many of the practices of the earth-based religions and formed the Wicca religion. He died in 1964. Here is a quote from the Wicca faith by Starhawk. What affects one thing affects in some way all things. All is interwoven into the continuous fabric of being. Its warp and weft are energy, which is the essence of magic. Mary Baker Eddy was born in 1821 and founded Christian Science. Christian science has had a heavy influence on people just with their literature and is evidently a blend of religion and science. True prayer is not asking God for love. It is learning love and to include all mankind in one affection. And with the spirit of that quote, let's move into a time of prayer. This prayer is by Yogananda. He founded the Self-Realization Fellowship here in America and lived from 1893 to 1952. After the prayer, there'll be a minute of silence, and then if you would like to light a candle for someone or something for us to pray for, please feel free. Let us pray in our hearts for a league of souls and a united world. Though we may seem divided by race, creed, color, class, or political prejudices, still as children of one God, 
we are able in our souls to feel brotherhood and world unity. May we work for the creation of a united world in which every nation will be a useful part, guided by God through man's enlightened consciousness. In our hearts we can all learn to be free from hate and selfishness. Let us pray for harmony among the nations, that they march hand in hand through the gate of a fair new civilization. I didn't time this, and I knew it would take a long time, so without opposition, we're going to complete the quotes with quotes from the Unity Church and the Unitarian Universalist Church. So the Unity Church was founded by Charles Fillmore and his wife. She had tuberculosis. He had a leg which was injured. Through prayer, through affirmative prayer, they were healed. And their foundation of their religion is based on the healing power of prayer. And two examples of that from Charles Fillmore. Here is a mental treatment guaranteed to cure every ill that flesh is heir to. Sit for half an hour every night and mentally forgive everyone against whom you have any ill will or antipathy. Have faith in the power of your mind to penetrate and release the energy that is pent up in the atoms of your body, and you'll be astounded at the response.